BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. The UAW is on strike against General Motors for the first time since 2007. For comment and analysis, we turn to Jane McAlevey. She's the new strikes correspondent for The Nation. She's also now a senior policy fellow at the UC Berkeley Labor Center. Uh, Her third book, A Collective Bargain, Unions Organizing and the Fight for Democracy will be published January 1st. Jane McAlevey, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, how come the UAW is striking General Motors now after a dozen years without a strike? Yeah, I think uh, several reasons. Um, the first is that workers learn to strike and have the confidence to strike by watching other workers strike and win. And you yourself are sitting uh, in Los Angeles, which was the ground zero for one of the most magnificent strikes that's happened in the last few decades in this country. Um, So you can see a through line between the education strikes that began in earnest in early 2018 and rolled through the country to the stop and to the, to the Marriott strike, by the way, that that happened last fall, to then the LA teacher strike, uh, and then Oakland, and then a bunch of other smaller strikes, um, and so it it just it makes good sense for workers whose contract expired, fighting a company that the American taxpayers bailed out to the tune of eleven billion. That's with a B dollars, and what the auto workers at General Motors received in response was several plant closings. Uh, and more proposals for a concessionary contract. That is what leads to a strike. And I understand General Motors has been doing pretty well in the last couple of years. General Motors has been raking in huge profits. And and I think for for the average worker, when you watch um, your employer raking in billions in profits and then turn around and say, well... You know, we thought we, you know, we, it might be, and we'd love to give you, you know, you and your family and your community some more money, but you know, now we have this downward pressure because, as a as a leadership of the corporation, we've been such buttheads. We didn't realize that electric cars and fossil fuel issues might lead to downward pressure in the auto industry, so we neglected to prethink the clear pressures of the climate justice movement that were facing us. And, you know, now we need to use all that profit that we made, you know, and reinvest it, you know, in some new technology. And so we can't afford to pay you, and we're going to close more plants. And the workers are pissed, and they should be. They were double taxed, right? They, they, they were American taxpayers who, like, bailed their own bosses out, right, to the tax system. 
and then they took concessionary contracts coming off of the Great Recession. And then this time last year, basically, the first announcements come of the closing of the Lordstown plant, then the Hamtramck plant. I mean, you know, enough is enough. So let's talk specifically about some of the issues in the strike. For me, one of the most interesting ones is the way temporary, it's not just about wages for the full-time union members. Temporary workers are a big issue for the union in this strike. Let's talk about that. First of all, most strikes are not about wages and working conditions for the existing workers. I mean, it, I just want to say that. Yeah. I can't say that enough because it's a, it's a myth of simple and lazy journalism and the bosses that workers walk out for wages. I mean, like, yes, wages are an issue, but in every strike I've had the pleasure of being involved in, which has been quite a few, it was never the leading issue, never. And I don't believe it is in the GM strike either. They're striking for their dignity. They're striking to hold their corporation accountable to the American taxpayer and to the communities that they are abandoning. And yes, this contract, they need to make those temporary workers whole. They need to give them a pathway immediately to become full workers. The, the General Motors Corporation is doing what so many companies are doing in this country in just the latest round of insults of how they make the American worker and the American worker's family and community unstable, which is you, you hire a worker by the thousands who works right next to another worker. One is paid $15 an hour. One is paid $29 an hour and covered by the union contract. And the two workers are doing the exact same work. It's not just on the part of the corporate class what we call two-tiering a contract. That is not simply to save money, though obviously it's to save money. It's also a deliberate strategy on the part of capital and corporations to break worker solidarity, to create a less stable union, to begin to create ruptures among the working class inside the, the, the walls of the workplace. So the workers that I've spoken to so far who are involved in the General Motors strike have said resoundingly, that their core demand is one around keeping open some of the plants that are being threatened with closure right now that are planned to be closed, but they're still open. That's actually very important. Like the Lordstown plant is still open. It's scheduled to close in December. So there was like no time like now but to go on strike because, you know, once a plant actually closes and the machinery stops working, things get much more complicated. So they've got a plant with thousands of workers that is still working that is scheduled for closing. So that's a core demand in that strike is you keep that plan open and you repurpose it for some electric car or something creative that we're going to need in this country, right? So or trucks that are electric or something. But the, the issue of the temporary workers is absolutely an equal and core demand. And, John, it's not even just temporary. There's actually two sets of workers that they have to make whole with the rest of the workers. There's temporary workers. There's several thousand of them across GM now working side by side with other workers. And they're, re they're literally getting like $15 an hour, which is just an insult for an auto worker. And and should be for most workers, frankly. But And then there's a second tier of workers who actually are being covered by the union contract that came out of that recessionary period as well um, in 08 and 09. And they're they're actually in the union, and they're making, I think, I can't, I'm not positive, I think it's like 21. So they're, they're six or seven ahead of the temp workers, but they're still structurally behind the regular workers. And that's, that's the devil of the detail of what's called a two-tiered yeah. contract, where for no reason except that the boss had more power than the workers at the moment of the contract was settled, um, a bunch of workers who are coming on after the higher date of the contract are going to make less for no reason except corporate greed. 
The weird thing about this strike is I think it's the first one where a Republican president is pressuring the company on, I guess, on behalf of the workers. Trump has been a frequent antagonist of the of General Motors and the other uh, auto companies for moving their plants to Mexico and firing people in the United States. And one of his big claims is that he's going to bring those plants back to the United States. He's met with Mary Barra, the new head of GM. How important is this a factor in the GM strike right now, do you think? First of all, let's acknowledge the evil genius that is the orange haired <laughs> yes. guy because, yes. you know, he, he, he's a reality star, TV star, and he understands that this is a big moment and that Americans are rooting for these workers. What's interesting is Americans were also rooting for the L.A. teachers. Last I looked, they were also rooting for the West Virginia teachers, a bunch of women and women of color, and you didn't see that same man standing up with them, but I digress. <laughs> so why is he doing this? It's electorally a brilliant move for him. That's all it is. And by the way, it's so cynical because... If Trump gave a shit about those workers, he would have been pounding and using the desk of the presidency last fall when Mary Barra announced the closing of Lordstown. No, it took, wor- it took the workers going out on strike to drag him in, like looking for an electoral moment, as does all the other you know, people running for president in this country. And everyone's going to want to be showing up on those picket lines. But yeah, this guy's going to come too, because you know, there's workers in electorally significant swing states that he won by the narrowest of margins. Um, and he wants to be able to ride on a high horse. Look, kind of brilliant strategy on his part. Again, he's, you know, when people call him stupid, I always say, wrong word, he's an evil genius. <laughs> the one good thing I think is, Every single presidential candidate wants a piece of supporting these workers. And that may be one reason that we can feel hopeful that despite the inept top officials of the union, the workers may win despite them. Because it's a, it's, it's, they're geographically, strategically located in terms of the electoral map in this country. And you've got every single presidential candidate tripping over themselves. But I think that no matter who intervenes, no matter what kind of leverage is brought to bear, the rank-and-file workers, the 49,000, are the only ones who deserve the credit for whatever victory plays out in this strike. What, what we have to keep clear is that Trump himself, when he ran for office in those states in 2016, he's quoted as saying, no plants closing in these states on my watch. Well, you lied, because the, the plant closing plan has been in place for quite some time. It's only because the workers to their own agency have walked off the job, that the issue of him now intervening is resurfacing. He, he failed those workers. That plan is scheduled for closure. So it's their own action that's forcing the crisis, which is what a beautiful strike does. It forces a crisis for the power holders, and the workers are forcing the level of a crisis that is making everyone pay attention to them. And that's why strikes matter. Jane McAlevey, she's the nation's new strikes correspondent. She wrote about the UAW strike against GM for thenation.com. Thank you, Jane. Great to have you on the show. Thank you, John. Always good to be here. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. 